You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey guys, this is Rick Hadrava with another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. You know, I'm so glad that you've been tuning in and joining us for each episode, and I just hope you'll continue to do so. Make sure to catch us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, or our website, epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. You know, I, I have the pleasure of getting to talk to some really wonderful people on this show and highlight their business and their experiences and today's guest is no exception. If you've ever participated, if you're in Oklahoma or maybe outside of Oklahoma, and you've ever participated in the Oklahoma Memorial Marathon or maybe watched it on TV, there's a good chance that you've seen today's guest. He, he's a veteran of over 50 plus marathons and hundreds of road races over his 40 year span. He's an online running coach and the author of the book, Momentum 77 Observations Towards a Life Well-Lived. Great book. Through his own experiences and those of others, Mark's book speaks to the power of the glass three-quarters full view of life, as well as never forgetting to find gratitude no matter what you're facing. He speaks to audiences throughout the business, sports, and wellness worlds. Mark operates the running wellness store, Oklahoma Runner OKC, right here in Oklahoma City, and he can often be found hosting road races around the southwest region of the country. You know, I think when we talk about life, we know it's about business as entrepreneurs. We know that that's a mental game as much as a physical game. Uh, it's the entrepreneurial journey. And so I am so happy to have in the Epic Studios today, my friend, Mark Bravo. Mark, welcome to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. Rick, it's super to see you. It really is. Well, listen, you know, we talked a little bit before the podcast, and I said I always like to share people's background with our audience as we get in so, so they can learn a little bit about you if, if maybe they're not familiar with you. So why don't we start right there? Tell us a little bit about your journey. You bet. Uh, my background began uh, for two and a half decades. Uh, you might consider it purely in the entrepreneurial world. Uh, joined our family business. Uh, we were an 88-year entity as a pawn shop in downtown Oklahoma. I'm very proud of that longevity. I uh, didn't think I was heading that way, though I grew up in there, mainly throwing the ball against the wall and such, but it simply evolved. Uh, very grateful uh, for having done that and, and their the people you confront and what you learn from them during that time. Uh, so in the late 90s, we sold the business and I've always enjoyed the financial markets, the financial world. So I became a financial advisor for a short time. And uh, that was valuable time because while I still love the markets, I realized about the time I was passing that series test uh, to start practicing, that was not what I wanted to do. So um, it was a couple of year path to exit that. Um, uh, telling yourselves, getting over the inevitable doubts of am I a failure if I leave to know if you stay in something you're miserable at, you're not nearly what you could be to what you might call the world of wellness. And now, as you say, uh, 
operating OK Runner in downtown Oklahoma City and doing some online and in-person coaching and, and the speaking and, and race announcing is a big part of it. Uh, what I tell folks is vicariously, I live through them. I don't, I hardly race anymore, gratefully still running, but I get to see them at start and finish lines. And so it's super, um, that's a big part of my life. And I do what I do now, not so much about uh, the, the selling of, uh, of materials, but the engagement in there. So that in a nutshell is where I was and where I've come to be. Okay. Well, fascinating 88 years pawn shop the family business and that was downtown if i remember we've had that conversation right there on broadway correct truly right where i am now as it so happens (laughs) small small cycle of world that we live in well so let let's not let that go just yet because you spent some time in there any interesting stories from the pawn shop days and maybe something that stayed with you even today through your experience watching your family run the business and participating in that business? A couple of key things. Um, I learned the biggest lessons from my parents working with them, and they both imparted them not uh, by admonishing me to uh, my mother, for instance, taught me optimism. The greatest gift anyone's ever given me by a long shot. I'll tell you what, uh, we have a choice there and it's not always easy for even the lucky ones like, like us, but you can find a way to keep that glass three quarters full. But my mother didn't uh, say, you got to be positive, you got to be optimistic. She showed me by examples. We all know we mainly learn the lessons that way. My father, his steadfastness, working out every day, it was very important to him them putting, they were, they were equal partners, putting four kids through school, uh, in one little business. And, uh, he, however, it was virtually a non-negotiable. He would visit the YMCA across the street every day. And he taught me there Uh, again. He was even a man of fewer words. My mother was the out there person. He, He showed me, um, if you don't fill your own cup, you can't answer the bells in your life and you're not nearly as valuable to others. And then a key thing about that particular business, Rick, uh, my parents told me this, but again, by seeing it and getting to engage, you see a lot of folks you might imagine in the pawn shop business, not all, but a lot of folks who are uh, undergoing tough financial times, socioeconomically challenged. I will dare say that the character that I ran into per capita was stronger there than I could find anywhere else. And those people taught me, taught me grace and humanity. And some of them were still friends. And I closed those doors 21 and a half years ago. And they asked about my parents who have since passed away. It shows that we had this respect and we learned from each other and we appreciated each other beyond the business world. So that was valuable, valuable time to me. Isn't that interesting? If you've been in business for any length of time, what you really come to realize is it's never the product or service, but it's always the relationship that ultimately matters um, in the long run. Mark, so, so you close the doors, you seek out the opportunity to be a financial advisor, and, and you made the comment that, you know, 
well, for lack of better words, your heart wasn't in that. It's not what you were excited to do as you saw it. So how did you deal with, you know, some people would look at that and say, oh, I'm failing, right? But really, that wasn't the case. That was just kind of your journey towards where you are today. But how did you navigate that mentally um, as you kind of came to realize that that wasn't the course for you? I'm one of those people who uh, told themselves over and over, I must not have what it takes uh, if I can't stick this out, make it work. It's simply that I, I don't know many people who took a straight linear shot to their destination, uh, not to mention without uh, peaks and valleys. I simply mean what they thought they wanted to do or what they thought would be their lifelong passion. Maybe it stayed some semblance of a passion, but not what they wanted to go visit every day. Finally, it was that internal meeting I had with myself, maybe a bunch of times. Are you a failure if you leave? No, uh, you're much more so if you're not true to yourself. Now, sure enough, it takes a couple of ingredients. It takes courage to walk away because here's a paycheck. And I'm honest with people. I'm not doing anything wrong. I think I could survive here. But and folks said, oh, it's a bad market time. That's why you're having trouble. And and sure enough, it was, it, we would say that it was the dot-com bubble, but by no means was that the reason. It was that I did not want to engage with people under those auspices. Now, some of my very best friends are doing that. So there, it is not a, a, a bad mark against the industry. It's simply me. And I'm so grateful. I tell folks uh, for almost three decades I was the most boring guy. Well, that may still remain. I was the least changing and changeable guy you could imagine. Uh, I did one thing. I was in the pawn shop. I got to roam around, race, travel to races, a lot of flexibility. The being your own boss while your lights are always on, you might say, as you well know, being your own boss, there are things to tend to. But there is a certain innate freedom as well, especially if you have... uh, good partners in my family business, which, and it, it was small. I don't know if this matters. A lot of folks say it's very tough to work in a family business. Um, ours was, uh, uh, was great. Sure enough, we saw differently each time uh, here and there, but, but that was, it was always forgotten and decided upon. But from there, um, It's just a matter of uh, having the courage, having the courage. Um, There's a saying, when I went in to have a hip surgery, became a hip replacement later, but we were trying to circumvent that. The doc had a uh, saying on his wall, to sail new oceans, sometimes you must lose sight of the shore, which I interpret. How I'm going to get there, I don't know. What I'm getting to in the end, I don't know. but you got to be willing to put it out there. That does not mean throw caution to the wind in everything you do and maybe establish something that could be terminal, as we say. But when you put yourself out there, it always opens up a certain internal freedom. With that can come the fear and such. But with the fear, as we well know, brings growth. One of my favorite uh, sayings in the book, my sister got me this plaque before my hip replacement, is the fear won't help you save 
what you have, but it might make you lose what you could become. It continues to be right over there in my office, and we all do it differently. I'm very grateful that I have been able to maneuver and not know where I was going at times and go a few different places. Uh, So sorry to be so long-winded there, but I'm a big believer that we have to be willing not to be able to see the shore sometimes. You're absolutely right. We refer to that as get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, all the time. I use your saying. (laughs) <laughs> I, I love it uh, because that the f- funny thing is that's where the breakthroughs and the growth really come from. And you have no idea what the ultimate journey is going to look like a- as you progress. And that's what I loved about your book, which we'll get to in a moment with momentum, because it's really the core of, of, of that to me. But what I want to know is, okay, so we shut the doors on the pawn shop you go through this journey in the financial world, but then what you're able to do, if I understand it right, Mark, is you take this passion that you have for running and that kind of evolves into something. How did that transition happen for you? I looked upon it, Rick, as how do I get to the wellness world? Well, you become a personal trainer. So I did the, the coaching at certificates and uh, licensing and such at Cooper Clinic, real, real important. Uh, What you also always need to remember, uh, and I tried to fit into a lot of boxes early on. Now I realize that we all have our own box to fit in, Uh, do it the way the industry does it. And I realize as well as the financial industry, personal training was not my niche, but coaching folks in running, which would entail other things and just hit pound in the pavement. Uh, There are the building blocks to it, as in any business, in any uh, industry, uh, the core work, the mental game, which I contend now is much more important in running than any regimen anyone could give you. Because you can look up regimen, generally speaking. It's about how you confront the inevitable intangibles that come up. So uh, from that, I became a running coach a little bit, certainly unconservatively. I did it very many ways. I would do it in person. I would do it online, do it via uh, seminars. And I still do some of that. My schedule's a little busier since I took this opportunity at OK Runner, but uh, I still do some around the country. Mostly my athletes are outside the uh, state. You just continue to morph that goal and, and how you see things. Uh, the personal training itself went away quickly. The running coaching, uh, when I coach runners, it tends to be more about the mindset and the mindset, not just about to be a better runner. And some wonder, I thought I was paying you to uh, get and be a better runner. And uh, that's part of this too, but it's the all encompassing thing. And, and hope a, a lot of them realized later on where where I was bringing us in something of a roundabout way. Yeah. Well, and so let's that kind of transitions us into the book Momentum, because you know, as somebody, uh, I joke. Uh, the last time I remember gaining 15 pounds was my freshman year of college, and I think COVID 15 has hit. Um, you know, and I hear this a lot, but. As you and I have talked about, we've we both had our hip issues, and I was never a fast runner, but I liked to run. 
And reading your book really helped emphasize the momentum that needs to happen. And it isn't about your running technique or whatever. It's more your mentality to, and, and not just for runners. I think it's for entrepreneurs and, and people wanting to be healthy. And maybe they're not the running type, but they're swimmers or they're workout folks and that. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, why was this book Momentum important to you? And what was the core message that you were trying to share with the reader um, when you wrote the book? My joke to my friends and uh, sometimes those whom I run into in the store and otherwise, Rick, is that uh, my friends joke that they're shocked I could finish a sentence that didn't have to do with running. And so the book, there's even a little runner on the book if you uh, cover, if you look closely, most folks would simply default to uh, uh, this is a book about running, how to run better. And I, when folks want to get it at the store or, or other places, I'll, in fact, make sure they know that this is not going to be a how to run. Now, it may well be, to your point, be a how to get back after something because it's all about momentum. And momentum is thought of as a sports term. Largely, it is. As a positive term, largely, it is. But it can be negative. And when that happens just as important as when it's positive to so-called keep your momentum going. More important, I'd say, when it's negative, do the next right thing uh, that might just turn that boulder positive. All you need is a nudge sometimes. Um, What I find, just in short, uh, that is a big component of this, um, if there's not a next right thing I can think of that is a tangible physical thing, If you get outside yourself, that might mean reaching someone you haven't in a while. Uh, If you can, if you happen to have an audience, you don't have to have a big audience uh, that you can be in touch with. Do something small in the world in uh, towards, there's a saying in Judaism, tikkun olam, that just slightly may repair the world. What you find is a, a nice gesture. It might be very private. It might be no one knows you did it, uh, uh, except maybe the person that you aimed it toward. What you usually find is you get more out of it than the person you may be trying to help. Uh, uh, That is alongside one of my key principles in life, which is everything should be aspired to be a win-win situation. That sounds like we're talking negotiations in business. Sure, in that but in relationships, in anything you do, what is the chance of real sustainability if it's not a win-win? Somebody leaves the table. And uh, that lends to empathy and all these other traits. So um, the book has personal uh, reflections from people. Uh, I remember chapter 15 because... He sent me a a coffee cake arrived on the doorstep the other night about a gentleman in Oklahoma City, Ben Shanker, who is a patriarch uh, here that uh, of much acclaim. However, um, he's 96 and a half. We happened to visit a week ago um, and he did something when I was about 10 years old. It was a picnic. Uh, I was I was incredibly shy for many years. I tell my wife I still am and she just rolls her eyes. But uh, he picked up a football, said, let's play catch. 
And I wrote in that book, I don't even know if I cleared it with him that I had this excerpt, that that showed me that you can literally change someone's life with an action. And we visit about it a lot now, uh, some 55 years, 50, I would say 53 years later. And uh, there are excerpts like that, some from my own life, some pawn shop uh, experiences, and some from the world of running. Some pretty notorious uh, legendary runners are friends of mine and nice enough to contribute. The contributions usually lend to something outside the running world. So it's really a montage of things. And I tell folks also, probably lets you know a little bit about my attention span because uh, there's hardly a chapter over about a page and a half and a ton of quotes. <laughs> well, I actually appreciated that. Um, I think so many books are, are, are long, but I think good good pieces of information. And uh, so, so if I'm listening to you correctly, Mark, it's really about don't worry about doing it right all the time. Just do something. And if you're in in a moment where things aren't going your way, don't get fixated on it. Think about something you can do to get, it could go a totally different direction. Reach out to somebody you're thinking about just to see how they're doing or whatever. Change the the environment that you're in. Is that kind of the, the gist? In a nutshell. And uh, you might quickly ask yourself, is this terminal? And once you answer, you'll, uh, you'll realize very few things are. And then simply do the next thing you think is right. And whether it's uh, uh, necessarily um, the exact most impactful move at the time, it'll move you closer to that momentum uh, for you and possibly others and uh, kind of give you an overall reset and a cleanse. I find it just cleanses me. It, It juices you up to be able to again, engage in a way that has gone outside yourself. And if you're not big on outside engagement, you can still find a way to do that in many, many uh, arenas. Well, I, I really applaud you because what you've done is ultimately built the freedom that entrepreneurs desire. And we talked a little bit about that before, but um, you freed yourself up with time. And I know financially things work well. This book is a great book. I, you know, you wrote this, I think, in 2010, if I remember right. And, yeah. and, and as I kind of refreshed myself in preparation for our, our conversation, it just hit me how timely this book is right now because there's so much noise out there, so much negativity. And, you know, we deal with business owners all the time and we tell them, you know, we're not trying to get you to a fight or flight scenario. We want to make sure you don't get frozen in this. And I think your book does a good job of sharing some things, even outside the business world, that have application. And and so I really appreciate you sharing that with us. But let, let's go down this road because, you know, we talk about freedom, but we also talk about mistakes. And one of the questions I like to ask from time to time is, Mark, you've had this career and you've gotten to do unbelievable things. You've gotten to meet unbelievable people. Is there a moment when you think back over your journey where you have that, we like to coin the phrase, faceplant moment, right? It's not the glorious Facebook moment. It's the, man, I really faceplanted. Um, do you have a story that you'd be willing to share and, and kind of what you took from that? It was a subtle one, Rick, but I do. Um, 
Uh, and by the way, in, and this will lend to that. Um, you said I wrote the book in 2010. I would add, and in 2009, and in 2008, and in 07, when the publisher asked me to write the book, it was probably 06. And I had to give myself uh, an ultimatum date by the Memorial Marathon of 10, or let's put it on the shelf because people have asked you about it and you've asked yourself. I needed that ultimatum. So again, uh, the first time in the batter's box doesn't mean it's over if you swing and miss. Um, but uh, that face plant, so to speak, moment, I would say I left the financial industry and I'm doing some coaching and such. And I get a, an offer from a, a, oh, a, a bank executive. They'd like me to come on back, head up our, um, or in some manner, be part of our uh, financial advising uh, arm. And I took the interview because at that moment, security or keep looking for your passion. Remember that word, passion. And in the interview, it tells you that uh, I so, and I appreciated his, uh, his gesture, but so how little I wanted to do that. I sabotaged myself, literally. They asked me a question. Um, why do you think you can do this well? Uh, I said, because uh, I'm extremely honest with people. My goal is for them to thrive over me. And um, I feel like I'd be quite a good steward of their money until I get to my real passion. And I think I even disclosed what that was. So needless to say, I don't believe I got a call back. I, uh, <laughs> I know I didn't get an offer. I, in a moment, sabotaged myself, and I'm so grateful for doing that. <laughs> well, what, what, what you did is you were honest about where you wanted to be. Right. And that I really was, wasn't. Yeah. I was 40, 42. Yeah. And uh, at this point, not that at 20, it's no less important. But if you can't be honest, first and foremost was being honest with myself and why. And you put out there what you really believe. So it just shows. That's good. Well, People and it's you who they are. You've heard the saying People tell you who they are. Believe them. Yes. Well, you, you've, you've done your thing. You're, you're in a great place and we're so thankful and grateful um, to have you. You've done wonderful things and you inspire people, Mark. So let's, let's, let's share some information. We're coming to the end of our, our time together. And I, I apologize. I'd love to do it again, but the book, if somebody wanted to take a look at the book, and, and I, I'm going to tell you, I recommend this um, to any entrepreneur, any athlete that's out there. It's just a really easy read. It's good information. It's a great refresher, timely. Uh, but Mark, how do people get a copy of your book, Momentum? I'll tell you, Rick, uh, they can go to my website, runbravo.com, uh, and I would gladly uh, sign one and send to them. I love it when folks actually email or call me. We don't have an hour long conversation, don't worry, but they are most welcome to do that. My email, uh, again, the website runbravo.com, the email runbravo at yahoo.com and literally my phone number, uh, you would find that on the website is 405 824 
and I welcome any of those uh, connections. I appreciate that anyone would be interested, uh, and uh, I'm grateful that uh, hopefully we we have a message here that is timeless. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Guys, you can get the show notes, including Mark's contact information, by going to our website, www.epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. That's epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast. You'll get this podcast, the show notes, other information, resources. We'd love to hear from you. If you have suggestions, feedback, let us know. Rick at epicsbiz.com is the email address. And make sure to check out our, our podcast. And if you like them, make sure to rate them, subscribe. I hear that stuff's important. And until next time, remember, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.